Welcome to Psychedelicast. Hosted by Clinton Cayley, this show is an interview-based podcast focused on offering listeners in-depth information concerning plant medicines, entheogens, and all subjects tangential to psychedelia. Join us in prying open the third eye. What up, Psychedelicasters? Welcome one and all to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Clinton Cayley, host of the podcast Psychedelicast, of which you're listening to right now. Guys, we got a good interview for you today with my homie, my brother from another mother, the magnanimous Drew Banky of Sacred Journeys Within Entheogenic Church based out of Colorado. He is also an author, a multimodality medicine man, a human being, a husband, a father, and an all-around badass dude. He's also a a Native American sun dancer. We're going to get into all that in the um, episode. His book is called I Am Perfect and So Are You, One Man's Journey to Oneness. It's available on Amazon. All links will be listed in the show notes. Um, I'm going to let Drew speak for himself. He's a fascinating guy, been through a lot, um, veteran of foreign wars, um, just just a, a fascinating, uh, fascinating man, and uh, he's got a lot of interesting things to discuss with us today. But before we do that, let's do our house cleaning, let's do our chores, let's do uh, some psychedelic news, and then we'll get into this interview with Drew. Hold on to your butts. And let's get our little bit of self-promotion out of the way here at the top of the show. Um, If you're listening right now, I'm assuming that you guys are a fan of the show, at least if not a fan, you're enjoying it. If that's the case, I would implore you to do us a huge favor. Uh, Subscribe to the show on your podcatcher of choice or all of your podcatchers of choice, Follow us on social media at Psychedelicast on Insta. Uh, pardon me, at Psychedelicast on Facebook, at Psychedelicast Pod on Instagram, and at Psychedelicast with two T's on Twitter. Our Instagram account was deactivated some months ago at about two point seven thousand followers. We're currently sitting around two hundred followers, which is a bummer to me. I spent years building that account up. Um, especially having it arbitrarily removed from the internet with no explanation. It kind of hurts, to be totally honest. So help us rebuild that. Help us rebuild that Instagram community. Follow us on Facebook. The community there is fairly large. Beyond that, we also have a Patreon uh, page that we would like to um, invite you to join us on. Enter the void with us for only $3 a month. We have a single tier. Um, For $3 a month, you're going to get extra episodes, you're going to get cultivation techniques, you're going to get behind the scenes info, you're going to get early full length video drops that aren't available anywhere else other than the Patreon. Uh, You're going to join a community of like-minded psychonauts um, who have the, uh, have an open forum and an open platform. Um, The community is small, but slowly and steadily building and I appreciate each and every one of my psychonauts. You guys are... uh, a big part of the reason why this show keeps going. Um, Podcasting is not paying the bills, but, you know, for my own inspiration and drive, you guys work wonders when I don't feel like editing, when I don't feel like producing, when I don't feel like interviewing. I think about you guys, and I do it anyways. And uh, I just want to say thank you, and I appreciate your uh, support. And for the lows, those of you who are not yet Patreon members, I appreciate your support as well. Just listening to the show is good enough for me. Um, $3 a month, www.patreon.com slash psychedelicast. You can join us there. Uh, let's see. I don't really feel like talking about my personal life right now. I usually 
say a little bit here and there, but man, I'm kind of having a rough night. My week was going really well, but I've stumbled into a rough night tonight, and uh, I'm feeling kind of down about it, and I don't really feel like talking about it. Maybe in the future I will uh, disclose that, or perhaps in a No Trip Sitter episode, which are generally available exclusive to Patreon uh, patrons. Um, so yeah, man, same old, same old jobs are rolling. Um, you know, just doing my thing. Um, planning an international trip to see the woman that I love, but, uh, it's a rocky, it's a rocky road for us, man. And tonight's one of those nights and I'm really, uh, just having a rough time with it tonight. But, you know, is what it is, bro. It's all going to be okay. I've been reading the Bhagavad Gita, um, I've almost finished it. It's beautiful. It's profound. It's really given me some some perspective. And so I'm trying to just, you know, when things get tough, when, when things get overwhelming or when emotions run high or when, you know, the world doesn't play out the way that you think it should, um, I like to think of things like the Bhagavad Gita, my Bufo experience, my ayahuasca experience, and all of these things are interrelated, and they're uh, they're teaching me lessons. And one of the major lessons that they've all that I've gleaned from each of these three experiences: the reading of the Bhagavad Gita, the Bufo experience, the ayahuasca experience, the psilocybin experience, even the THC experience, is that impermanence is natural and will always be. Impermanence is the only permanent, and. Uh, Sometimes we just have to learn to let go and to not hold on so tightly to everything because it's all going to be okay. And uh, the stuff that we are made of, the true, the true um, makeup of our being is not bound by this physical body and these uh, human constraints like time and space and and uh, all of our ideas about what should be and how the future is supposed to go. None of this really defines who we are. We are much more than that. With that being said, why don't we uh, jump into psychedelic news and then get into the interview. Thanks, guys. In psychedelic news today, we're going to offer you an article from NBCNews.com, in a similar vein to things we've uh, covered before, but I think it's uh, an important one. New California bill would decriminalize psychedelics and expunge criminal records. This was written by Miss Alicia Victoria Lozano on February 18th, 2020. California could be on the verge of becoming the latest state to decriminalize psychedelics for personal and therapeutic use. Building on a growing movement across the country to rethink the so-called war on drugs. The bill, introduced Thursday by State Senator Scott Weiner, a Democrat who represents San Francisco, would decriminalize substances such as psilocybin, MDMA, LSD, ketamine, DMT, and mescaline. Psilocybin, a hallucinogen found in certain types of mushrooms, and ketamine are already being used in psychedelic-assisted therapy by patients and doctors who extol the health and wellness benefits of psychedelics to treat mental health disorders, including depression and post-traumatic stress disorder. The bill excludes the use of peyote, an endangered plant, to ensure its availability for traditional Native American spiritual practices, according to the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies, or MAPS, which is a global psychedelic research and education organization. A quote here, The war on drugs has been a complete failure, Wiener said, 
It hasn't stopped people from using drugs, and it hasn't stopped addiction. Psilocybin, LSD, MDMA, and peyote remain illegal at the federal level and are classified as Schedule I drugs according to the DEA. Last year, voters in Oregon and Washington, D.C. approved measures to allow for the therapeutic use of psychedelic mushrooms, which are already being prescribed to help some terminally ill patients in Canada cope with pain and end-of-life anxiety. The cities of Denver and Oakland, California, each adopted resolutions in 2019 decriminalizing mushrooms. New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy signed a bill earlier this month loosening the penalty for anyone found possessing up to an ounce of psychedelic mushrooms. That bill downgraded small amounts of the substance from a third-degree crime to a disorderly person's offense punishable by up to a $1,000 fine or a six-month prison sentence rather than a three- to five-year sentence. Similar bills to reduce criminal penalties for psychedelics have also been passed in Santa Cruz, California, Ann Arbor, Michigan, and Cambridge and Somerville, Massachusetts. Another quote here, Psychedelic use can come with some risks. But criminalization only increases those risks by creating an unregulated market in which difficult-to-verify dosages and the presence of adulterants like fentanyl threaten public health, said Ismail Lorido Ali, Policy and Advocacy Council at MAPS. California's bill would also expunge criminal records for people with prior convictions related to possession of psychedelics. And it would create a commission to recommend a regulatory body tasked with overseeing psychedelic-assisted therapy for the treatment of mental health disorders. In a recent study at Johns Hopkins University in Baltimore, researchers found that psilocybin, the active ingredient found in magic mushrooms, combined with psychotherapy was more effective at treating major depressive disorder than traditional antidepressants. A separate Johns Hopkins study prescribed patients synthetic psilocybin to help with cancer-related depression and anxiety. 80% of participants said their symptoms faded and the effects lasted six months. Despite a growing body of research and a shift in public perception, psychedelics for personal consumption and therapeutic use remain a touchy subject for some lawmakers and voters who might be hesitant to rewrite long-standing drug laws. Momentum is building for decriminalization, but it won't happen overnight, Wiener says. It's a slow-moving process. Just 10 years ago, recreational cannabis was illegal in all 50 states. That started to change in 2012 when Colorado and Washington became the first states to legalize marijuana for recreational use. Now, 15 states, two territories, and Washington, D.C. have legalized marijuana for recreational use, and 34 states and two territories allow medical marijuana. Wiener sees the potential for a similar domino effect to happen with, with psychedelics, but said that a ballot measure might be more successful if lawmakers ultimately vote against his bill, which he hopes will receive a committee hearing in the state Senate sometime in March or April, according to his office. In many ways, the voters are ahead of the elected officials when it comes to criminal justice reform, he said. This is the first time this idea has been in the legislature. Many of my colleagues won't be familiar with the issue. A grassroots initiative is already gaining traction in California at the same time lawmakers are considering the decriminalization bill. Decriminalized California has set a goal of collecting 623,212 valid signatures to qualify the California Psilocybin Decriminalization Initiative for the November 2022 ballot. That measure would allow adults to cultivate, possess, distribute, transport, and consume magic mushrooms in California. So I know we've been offering in the show here at the show we've been offering and reading a lot of... Uh, a lot of uh, articles in the same vein, but uh, what really interested me in that one is the um, 
reduction of the backlog or the the expungement, I think that's the right word, the expungement of uh, previous, air quotes, offenders' uh, criminal records. I think that would be um, a massive step forward in the criminal uh, justice reform. Enough said for me, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get into our uh, interview with author, medicine man, and uh, sun dancer, uh, Drew Banky of Sacred Journeys Within. Let's do it. What's up, Drew? How you doing, man? Hey, how's it going? Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well, dude. Welcome to Psychedelic Cast. We got Drew Banky. Uh, we are going to be discussing his book. Um, tell me the name of your book again. It's uh, I'm Perfect and So Are You. Awesome, awesome. So we're about to take a little bit of a deep dive into here, promote the book a little bit. I know you've got quite a story. Um, I've only got a cursory idea of, of what your story is like, but uh, I'm sure you're going to be able to tell it to us in great detail. So maybe just briefly introduce yourself. Uh, tell my listeners what led you to write this book, and then I'll kind of we'll kind of dig in a little deeper. Yeah. So um, I guess first and foremost, uh, I'm a sun dancer. Um, I'm a carrier of the sacred pipe. Um, I'm also a father, a husband, um, a human. And I'm also Ayahuascaro, uh, Wachumero. I work with Ayahuasca and uh, the San Pedro uh, Wachuma. Um, I also work with natural healing energies. I teach uh, people how to tap into their telekinesis powers, uh, telepathic powers, how to astral travel, uh, interpret dreams. I do a lot of things. Um, <clears throat> I've had a lot of experiences of I've been in a lot of uh, sacred ceremonies, indigenous ceremonies, both with uh, plant medicine and and not. And, um, you know, I've had um, it's led me to a great understanding of the energetic field and our existence here and how we work. And, uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of listeners, it's uh, it's part of the medicine path where you get shown your mission here and. You know, my mission is to be, you know, the voice of the universe and voice of source and the voice of uh, this consciousness and this movement, this evolution that we're going through. So currently, um, me and my wife um, co-founded uh, Sacred Dreams Within, a plant medicine church in uh, Colorado. So um, we're a 501c3 nonprofit church that um, deals with ayahuasca and San Pedro helping people heal from traumas. Um, my backstory, how all this happened, I'm a veteran of two tours in Iraq. I did a tour in 2005 in Baghdad, uh, Iraq in 2007 in Ramadi and, uh, 2007, the second deployment was really the deployment that caused a lot of my traumas that, um, eventually led to manifested into my PTSD and eventually led me to the medicine. So, um, yeah. Ayahuasca saved my life. I uh, got out in 2009 uh, from the Army. Uh, 2014, um, I had a massive suicide attempt where I got caught. Um, basically, there's several times before that where definitely uh, suicidal um, attempts happened, but nothing that was 
to the extent where I wind up in the ER. So in 2014, I, I had a suicide attempt. I wound up in the ER and um, I had a business at the time I was starting and lost the business and lost everything and, you know, really hit rock bottom. And, you know, it, that um, catalyst pushed me to ayahuasca eventually. Uh, it was about 2016, um, ayahuasca finally started coming into my dreams are coming through people around me hearing the word for the first time. And then it started, you know, that, that seed, once you hear ayahuasca for the first time, it starts to it, just the word itself starts to germinate inside you. Um, I'm sure the listeners can, uh, I'm familiar with that sentiment. Uh, yeah, I know. I remember that. hearing, I remember hearing the word ayahuasca the first time, probably in, I want to say like late 2014, late 2015. And yeah, just the word itself, like, seemed like a, such a, a veil of mystique around it. And I was like, okay, what is this? I, you know, and I had already been exploring the psychedelic space with, uh, various other plants and compounds for at least 10 years at that point, but not to the depth that Iowa and I've expl- expressed this many times on the show. So I'm not going to beat a dead horse, but ayahuasca was really like the one that kicked the door down for me as well. And, and showed me the true power of, of these, uh, of these compounds. So yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with, with what you're saying. It seems to, it's like a seed and then it, it starts to grow. And then pretty soon, you know, it was like the first time I heard it, I knew immediately I was like, I I need to do that. Even though I wasn't sure what it was, you know? Yeah. 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 For, for me, um, I was at the end of my rope, you know, I was, uh, went, I was going through the VA, um, so 2000 from 2014 from that suicide time that's when I that's when I found out I had PTSD. I didn't know what I was dealing with really and then it started mm-hmm. being uh, diagnosed and started unpacking um, my experiences from Iraq and then it was became very clear of the PTSD and what it come from. So um, the VA did what they could um, limit resources, you know, um, one hand tied behind their back, you know, and really the doctors all they had was medication prescribed. So when, um, I had to detox for my first ayahuasca ceremony, I had to detox off of five medications, um, that were, that I was taking, uh, two at night, three during the day, uh, just to stabilize my mood so I could just survive. And it was, you know, the, the story on pharmaceuticals, you know, it's just making me a zombie, you know, disconnecting me from the truth, blah, blah, blah. So, um, yeah, it didn't, didn't really know about the spiritual side of ayahuasca. All I knew that I was, I read a bunch of stuff and it was talking about how I was helping veterans and I needed help. And that's, the, that's what I went into. And I come out with, you know, by a two ceremony, uh, weekend, my first weekend at, at soul quest in Orlando. That's, that's the very first time I did, uh, ayahuasca when they were very first starting out. And, um, yeah, just, got blasted me wide open. My second ceremony, I got shown my past lifetimes, the spirit world. And, you know, I just went back, I think uh, the next weekend for another two ceremonies, that third ceremony, I got shown, um, that the vibration of the universe was going to be transmitting through my vocal cords at one point. And that's what I'm doing now. So, um, you know, fast forward, um, definitely lost track of ceremonies from here, from that point on. (laughs) Uh But, uh, I did, uh, six ceremonies at SoulQuest and then 
the the medicine told me to to go and find my find there was a teacher waiting for me somewhere a uh, indigenous teacher waiting that was gonna meet me somewhere but it wasn't at Soul Quest so I had to leave and um, that's the only place I knew other than down down in South America you know and I'm not rich by any means so as uh, the travel was just out of the question at that point I think that's what a people a lot of people um, face. In the United States right now, which uh, jumping forward, jumping around a little bit, but that's that's really a lot of my heart, uh, me and my wife's heart, why we offer this medicine, you know, in the states, um, you know, it's a gray area, lots of times with with laws and everything, but you know, we're under the co- you know, we really do it out of faith of the being covered by the light, so to provide it here for these people that don't have a couple thousand dollars to get, get on a plane. And especially now with the travel restrictions, a lot of people need help in the States right now need the, need this vibrational medicine that we, that we offer um, to help them get through, to get over a roadblock in their, in their spiritual path, you know, and that's ultimately what, what happens. Um, hold on just a second. I'm gonna. Can you pause this for a second? Yeah, I yeah. Gotta, go ahead, man. Right. No worries. And we're back. Oh, the most important part of the equation, plugging in the laptop. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, okay. so um, you're kind of telling me um, what led you to ayahuasca. Um, what is it that ayahuasca showed you? Um, I'm assuming that, that your book is about healing from your PTSD and kind of your, and your journey in general. Uh, what were some of the things that ayahuasca specifically showed you in relationship to your PTSD? Um, did it only have to do with your military service? I'm assuming that if you're like me and the and most of us, your our PTSD kind of goes deeper than our adult life. Usually, it's something from our childhood or, or a co- collection of things from our childhood. Did it did it open any of those doors for you? For sure. Um, so. Um... Definitely over time. Um, at first, it just showed the so the second ceremony it just showed me past lifetimes. Over time, it showed me an infinite amount of lessons um, on how really we go through the same traumas over and over. It's really just one trauma, and where it's 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 we go through it until we deal with it in a certain way. All of our um, and what I found out in, in our work, we all are we all have childhood trauma in some way, form, or fashion. It could be it could be sexual trauma, it could be physical trauma, it could be emotional trauma, it could be spiritual trauma, it could be it could be you're too rich, it could be you're too poor, it could be all the all these things cause traumas in different ways. You know, sure. the 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 child the kid that grows up that's too rich, he's alienated and never knows if he's if he has a, um, a legitimate friendship, you know, and the person that poor, you know, has to go to school with hand-me-down clothes and, you know, get picked on like that. So we all have by design. It's it's 
you can look at it as a trauma, but it really all trauma is a, gr- is a chance for growth. So really what I found out, the bigger the trauma, the bigger the growth that the universe is trying to get across to you. So, mm-hmm. um, so my third ceremony with ayahuasca, it showed me that I was going to be doing, I was going to be being this voice and, uh, there's this evolutionary shift that was coming up and I was going to be doing this thing and writing this book and all this stuff. Show me that in a in a way that um, there was a bunch of show me a vision. I was a bunch of people in front of me, and it was uh, information coming through me. And I was it was using my vocal cords to translate into a way that could be understood uh, by by the majority of the of the collective. I at that time I asked. I said, "Why me?" You know, I was in Iraq. You know, I did two tours in Iraq. I did things in Iraq. You know that are not in conjunction with this path you're showing me. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, you're mistaken because the path that the energy that, it, that you uh, used in Iraq to be uh, aggressive and, you know, to, to be willing to take lives and to give your life, you know, that same energy, if it's turned around and it's, it's, it's turned around 180 degrees, it can be, it can be used and it can change. It can actually create life. You know, that that, sure. that that destructive energy turned 180 degrees can and we, you in this lifetime have decided to see both ends of that um, spectrum in your in your experience in this lifetime. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's where I'm at now. I'm at the you know, I'm at uh, my second I'm at my third deployment, you know, now. Yeah. yeah, And yeah. In, in, in this evolutionary um shift that's going on now the the war of the light or whatever you want to call it but it's a uh, in my eyes it's not a battle anymore but <laughs> from yeah, my standpoint I, I understand uh that's really interesting that you say that because during my first ayahuasca experience i was shown something similar now granted we have different background i'm not a veteran i've never been in a in a violent situation like that i've been in violent personally violent situations fights and and things like that during my life but the the opening the op- i guess what most people what you would call the peak or the come up um during that portion of like the first hour to two hours it was just this like violent psychedelic inferno it was like nothing i had ever experienced it just felt like this mammoth power was like assaulting me and I kept asking, I was like, why are you doing this to me? Why are you doing this to me? Like, it feels like you're trying to dominate me right now. It feels like you're trying to scare me, like you're trying to flex this power. And it basically, in that portion of the experience, was telling me, no, just watch, just watch, just just stay with us. It's going to be okay. Just watch. And so finally we come to like a lull and then other lessons are handed down and other highly bizarre experiences take place, moments of telekinesis, time seeming time travel, obviously uh, visionary states. But at the very end of the night, it was like she told me, the reason why we showed you that power in the beginning, that that thing that you were so afraid of and that thing that seemed to be lording over you was not to try to dominate you or to try to scare you. We were showing you the power that you possess within yourself that you can utilize at your will. And you were not aware of how large that power was. So we had to show you that. And I was like, oh, shit, that kind of makes sense. And like, in <laughs> yeah. hindsight, I'm like, okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> when it's happening, yeah. it's not not so much fun. But in the end, I was like, okay, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 
Um, this kind of ties in. Me and my wife was actually speaking about this just before this podcast. I, I was put. I was wearing this shirt, and it's my anaconda shirt. I wear this in ceremony a lot, and um, I had experience with the anaconda where um, one time in ceremony it swallowed me. It swallowed me from my feet, and I, I watched it come to me. And it was just so big that you know I processed whether I could run from it, hide from it fight it and it was just so large and massive it was coming to me and it was a vision but um i actually didn't get swallowed by anaconda but in this vision i did and uh but it's a it's a point i had to surrender you know and um me and my wife was talking about it it's like you know processing that moment it's um you know the the anaconda represents ayahuasca and it's so massive and it's coming to you and you can't it gets to a point where you can't fight it. It makes you surrender because this is something that a lot of us have to have to learn. And we, we don't know how to surrender, you know, and that's, I think that that's along the same lines of what you were just talking about, just, in a, just in a different metaphors, but in, in you know, in the, in a same way, um, mm-hmm. of, of that. Of, of making you surrender just that you know that fire I, I know i know what you're talking about like that fire that's coming over and you're just like okay like i have to figure out something i have to get out of my body because i feel like i have to get out of my body at this point you know and this it forces you to do that and this is this is kind of what the medicine does so these medicines really what they are like you know my understanding of and reverence to these medicines have has um developed and grown over time and um evolved so now i see ayahuasca as the representation for the divine feminine consciousness of the entire universe and it's in physical form so we can so it helps us to get to get that vibration and it's it's a it's um and getting down to like a Tesla talk, you know, it's frequency and vibration. And this is the, this is the vibration of the divine feminine consciousness. It's the vibrational code is embedded in, in the, in the medicine of ayahuasca. The peyote and the um, San Pedro is the divine mask is the same thing, but it's the divine masculine. And it's the other half of it. And together they're source. They're, they're the sun. So everything, all of it comes from the sun. The sun is our, um, physical representation of source. So all all life is, and all medicines is a breakdown of that of that solar energy. And that's really what the point where I'm getting at now, where I'm teaching people. You know, because the question's starting to come. You know, like um, our church lost two kilos of ayahuasca a couple months ago. You know, and there's a lot of churches that's been that's had problems uh, getting through customs lately, especially with the borders being shut down. They opened back up. There's a bunch in backlog and a bunch got seized. So the big question is coming up now, you know, what what happens when we can't access, especially being up here in the States where we can't grow to the mass. And people are going to say, well, we're growing here and there, but you're not growing to the scale that we need to supply the demand of ayahuasca Mm -hmm. in the the States. You have to you have to order it in. Um, You know, I know there's greenhouses. I know there's. I know there's Hawaii and Florida. There, there, there's people um, cultivating it, but those mat, those old um, vines and stuff, those 30, 40 year old vines that are down in the Amazon, that are that's making ayahuasca. The older the vine, 
the older, the more the vibration, the more the frequency that's embedded in it, the more that gets released when the medicine gets made. It's all part of a whole process. You know, it's, it's really, mm-hmm. uh, that's why the medicine down there holds a different, you know, different messages because it's a different vibrational force from ancestral, just the songs being there, you know, it's, it, it gets broken, broken down to a very deep level. So my walk, um, was with, started with ayahuasca, but it, it, it evolved to, to bring in San Pedro, uh, setting with a Native American church with peyote and, and traditional uh, peyote ceremonies, uh, Native American church ceremonies. Um, it also evolved into uh, sun dancing, where the, that's a ceremony where I fast for four days uh, without food or water. Uh, dance from sunup to sundown. There's a piercing involved. It's one of the it's the, one of the oldest native uh, indigenous ceremonies that there is. Um, no medicine involved other than the the beat of the drum, the songs. Uh, there's no there's no medicine you're ingesting. You're not ingesting anything at all except for sun uh, sunlight. But um, yeah, the the piercing is a big thing. You uh, like last the last year that I danced in 2019, I pierced with, uh, elk bone, um, elk bone pegs that were, um, holes, holes that were punctured into my chest, the, and, uh, the pegs put in there and then, uh, ropes attached to a tree and you dance to a tree and until you pull away and you break your skin and break away from the tree, signifying you're breaking. shit. That sounds intense, bro. <laughs> signifying that you're breaking away from the confines of the physical world. So it's, uh, that's a big moment of surrender. You know, you have to really, you have to, there's a lot of prayer. There's a lot of prayers in those moments, you know, the pain's there, but there's a moment that the pain, uh, does leave you you know, you don't, you go into a transcendental state or whatever, you know, and I've had several vision, visionary spaces in the Sundance and, um, I've had, you know, I interpret dreams. So obviously I, I, I get a lot of my messages from dreams. I, pred- I predicted a lot of things from dreams, um, both in my personal life and, you know, minor things here and there. So I help people interpret their own dreams. And one thing that I've realized from, all, and this is, this is if, if the listeners only hear one message from this podcast, it is that the dream space, ayahuasca space, the space I was in in the Sundance the spaces I go in that I've seen in a Uwipi ceremony, I go into a Uwipi ceremony here in a minute for people that don't know. All these spaces are all connected. There is no separation between any of them. There's there's no such thing as really hallucinations. It's it's if you're seeing something, it's going on inside you in some way, form or fashion, you know, and it's. Whatever's going on inside you, it's it's going on on the outside too. There's no separation from the out from the inner to the outer. You know, the 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 great sages always said throughout the time. You know, that there's no separation anywhere, in we, especially in between the inner and the outer, and that goes that's true to an infinite amount. There's no separation anywhere in any time frame. And um, the only separation is in our, in our own mind and in, in our own perception of the moment. And that's, that's what very... these, that's what these medicines can show you. And um, it's not just the medicines because I've experienced it in ceremonies where I haven't had any medicine within months, you know, because I've had to do certain uh, fasts for these ceremonies. So, mm-hmm. 
that's an interesting thing you just said there about the the loss of boundary and the loss of uh, of kind of like your your human methods to um, navigate the world. You know, we use our relationships, our our ego, our thought about ourselves, our career, our all these things that we identify ourselves with, and that helps place us in the world and in a way that we can understand the world. Um, and I experienced the total loss of all that with uh, with Bufo medicine. Um, just about uh, about four months ago, I, I had my first and only to this point experience with Bufo, and it took me to a place that was completely devoid of all barriers and human constructs. And it was like, it was not like the absence though. It was like everything had become one. Everything had united. And, uh, and yeah, it showed me that, you know, that time and space and everything pretty much is a construct of your own mind. And if you can alter the way that you perceive and, and the way that you, uh, if you can alter your perspective you can pretty much look at any hardship or difficulty and as as a blessing or even as a gift, you know. And and time usually has a way of showing that to us. Um, but uh, yeah, I've had that experience where everything was melded into one or became one. And um, yeah, it showed me that not only are all these medicine states and the dream state one, but everything all is part of, of some great, great <laughs> just one. one. It's <laughs> yeah. just one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what my book's about, you know, and uh, I brought, so the, the name of the book, I'm perfect and so are you. And um, it comes from a moment where I had an experience similar to what you're talking about, very similar, um, where I went, I become one, I become source. And um, this was, after after a San Pedro ceremony, like uh, it's pretty well after it. Like uh, it really surprised me um, um, this happening, and I realized uh, in that moment that it had nothing to do really with the ceremony. It was just it was just that moment in time that I was supposed to have this experience. So I I blinked my eyes, but I. I just just out of the blue and went to this space where I was staring at this ball of white light like I was totally out of body um and this was just in a blink of an eye and um I was about to start the integration meeting after a San Pedro uh ceremony like with a with a group down in Florida that 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 um I was serving and um I was minutes going into it and just taking a breather for a moment before I went into the to the into the integration cere- to the integration part of the ceremony afterwards, talking to my wife and blinked my eyes and went into the space, and I'm standing there in front of this white light and it's like, um, are you willing to give up your body? I'm like, oh, yeah, and I was like, uh, do you trust me? And I was like, I, I knew it. It just had this feeling. I knew what it was. You know, I knew it was like Godhead or Source or whatever you want to call it. But for me, it was just a ball of huge ball of white light just in front of me hovering. I was there was nothing around me. We were just out in space and it was just me and this ball of white light. And it says, do you trust me? I said, of course, I trust you. I said, do you trust yourself? I was like, oh, here's a question. I don't, I don't know. Like, what do you mean? Do you do I trust myself? And I was like, well, do you trust yourself that you're pure of intention and pure of heart? Like, are you holding anything back or anything? I was like. 
I don't think so. I was like, I'm a Sundancer. Like, you know, you have to be to get through the Sundance. Like you have to go through a, a purification of, you know, your everything to get to get through it. And, um, you know, I've done three Sundances. So I was just sitting there and I was like, yeah, I, I'm I believe I trust myself. And they're like, well, if you step into me and you're holding anything back, you're going to you're going to start a process that started a uh, 26, uh, 500 year process of reincarnations and restart this process that you're at the end of now yeah i was like oh wow it's like okay well i'm gonna step in you know i stepped in i stepped in and like there was nobody in there it was this vast infinite white space that was just you know i guess it was heaven or i was inside source really i was but there was nothing around me just white light and just the unbounding loving feeling was over me, and I was observing all of creation, not only on this earth, but other planets, other dimensions, like everything. I was seeing everything happen, and it was all, it was all balanced, like the good and the bad, all balanced out, and it just made this perfect hum that that was going on. And I was like, well, it was like, I'm speaking. To this energy like telepathically i'm like you know this must be the reason why nobody's here and it's like start starts like a deep laugh like comes from this this energy or this consciousness it's like yeah that's the thing that like, no one's here you know people come here and they think they're going to change everything and they come here and they realize that everything's perfect and they just go and reincarnate and i was like i was like okay i was like well i've already gave up my body I was like, well, what can I do now? And they're like, you, why are you asking? You're, you are acting as source at this moment. You know, you're the all. So you can do whatever you want. I was like, well, I'm going to fly as eagle. Well, you've already done that. This is why, you know, the eagle medicine come to you in this lifetime. You know, I work with the eagle medicine now. And like, that's why this, this medicine come to you. And you know, well, I'm going to be this, that, and the other. I did like three of these things. And it showed me in different dimensional spaces where I'm already doing it. I'm already living that experience and that's why that's why it's that's why it's connecting to my life now because everything I was thinking about was something that was like something on my altar or something that I connected through through these ceremonies and I was like no this is why it's connecting to me now and then a big revelation come to me at that moment you know I was like well do I just go back as Drew and they're like well you can if you want but they're like but if you take this under if you take this understanding back with you that you have right now and lots of times people get this mo this moment blocked where they can't remember this moment when they go when they go back in the body you take this memory back and walk with it and share it you're going to create you're going to you're going to be the catalyst for the evolutionary shift i was like well me huh i was like yeah this is my part of it. So just bringing that moment back. We all have a different part, a way to express his sources, love and heart. And this is my way of bringing, bringing that moment back and explaining it sure. to people so they can, so they I can understand so. it in a better way. So I, that's what I am now. I'm a, I'm a walking embodiment of source consciousness in human form. I'm still. <laughs> I like that, man. I like that. And that, that, that reminds me of something McKenna said was that, you know, in the psychedelic experience, uh, we are the ambassadors of the human race and we are entering into these other spiritual realms or 
other uh, alternate dimensions, whatever you think about it, this language is irrelevant. If you go, if you take the sacrament, you'll understand. To to mm-hmm. explain it, to explain it is like doesn't do it even the slightest bit of justice. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, McKenna said, you know, our 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 task is to go into these uh, altered states or into these other dimensions or these spiritual realms and to bring back what we can because we are the ambassadors of the human race. And uh, I believe what you're saying, that we all have something to bring back from there. And uh, sometimes it's given very clearly. Like I said in my last episode that I just recorded, the the idea or the, the calling to start this podcast was given to me in my ayahuasca ceremony. And it was very cut and dry. It wasn't like an esoteric uh, riddle that I had to figure out. It was like, hey, you know that podcast you're doing? You should start to do it specifically about plant medicines and psychedelics. And it was like, okay, like it, it was one, <laughs> one quick message. And it was like, that was, that was it. It was yeah. never the same since. Um, and so, yeah, I believe what you're saying about that, that, that we all, uh, have, uh, have these innate gifts and we all have access to, to these, uh, other parts of maybe our own person of our own consciousness of our own psyche. Um, but these medicines can give us access to, the collective consciousness, the collective psyche, and there's all sorts of, you know, infinite amount of information and data there for us to gather and bring back. And so, when someone like yourself goes to the, to the other side and and comes back with these jewels, you know, it's, it's great that that uh, people that you write books and that we make podcasts and we tell people about this. You know, I think it's very important. So, uh, yeah, I'm on board with that, man. Yeah, it's. You know, it's it's an honor and it's it's been a process going through this, you know, um, going through this whole process of it. So th- this is the other part of my it says I'm I'm perfect and so are you on the front and the story of one man's journey to oneness. And this is, you know, I believe the understanding of oneness and still being able to live on still being able to be in body, that's, that's, I think that's the definition of enlightenment. You know, I, I don't think it's uh, I don't think it goes past that because with, with the understanding of oneness and where I'm at. So I know that I'm looking at a reflection of myself right now, you know, it through, through the, through this computer, I'm talking to you and I'm talking to a reflection of myself and all the listeners are a reflection mm-hmm. of myself as well and vice versa. So this is, I believe, one, this, this is a bombshell that is going to change the world and how the world operates. The understanding of oneness, if I, if I know that I'm interacting with myself at all times, it's going to change the way I interact with in my daily life with everybody, not only dogs and uh, cats and animals and humans and plants and everything that I see, touch and feel is a part of myself because there is nothing but one. So that's gonna, you know, th- this cuts out the the military industrial complex. You know what what brainwashed me into from a young child. Everything is frequency and vibration. And this is this is where I'm getting into stuff where. You know, the government doesn't like me talking about this stuff, but this is this is frequency and vibration. Tesla was dead on it. And this is frequency and vibration is the basis behind everything. The Fibrachi sequence, the swirl of 
every of um, that we see when you use a pendulum. I don't know if you're familiar with a pendulum, but the energy that's coming off our hands that Reiki healers use, um, all these things is energy and this is this is way more powerful than any pharmaceutical or western medicine that we have like the the old ones they don't they never use scalpels or anything like and what the spirits tell me it's it's we're not we're not supposed to we're not supposed to be having surgeries where we're cutting open ourselves anymore we're supposed to go we're moving into an age where we're going to be fixing ourselves without um, the, the Western medicines, we're going back to traditional ways of energetic healing, healing our energetic selves, which in turn heal our physical selves. Our, ener- our, en- our energetic Merkaba bodies are what is what um, dictates what our physical, what goes on in our physical. This is what like, uh, you know, I'm sure you've heard people talk about like energetic traumas. They lead to physical um, ailments or physical illnesses. And this is, you know, what the medicines show us. Um, and if we do a ceremony or two, we get an idea of it. But if we if we live in that space, um, you know, like I've I've dieted with uh, ayahuasca like for a month on month off at a time, and you know, uh, taking microdoses every day, and that's, you know, getting a con- getting a steady flow of information coming in like that, and really it's. It's letting my this tool, this physical tool that I'm in, match a vibration to get that information. That's simply what it is. You know, the, the information is not coming from the plants. It's it's coming from everything. It's coming from the universe around us, and the help, the plants are helping us reach a vibration to get to that, and it's raising our vibration. So that's why it's. That's why it's very important. Like uh, people that are on the spiritual path, I see people on the spiritual path uh, talking about, you know, having a beer or go, going out and having a, having a drink here and there. That's counteracting of what what they're trying to do. If they're those are those are people that are not trying to. If they understand frequency and vibration and really what they're trying to do, the, the alcohol brings down your vibration. There's everything has a vibrational uh, frequency on it. Almost all alcohol except for tequila has uh, a lower vibration than what our manifestation is vibrating at. So anytime we drink it, that's why that's why the depressing moods come um, when you drink alcohol, and that's that's why the the feelings of infinite love comes over us when when we do ethnogenics like uh, ayahuasca and all these other uh, vibrational medicines because they I'm raise inter- our vibration. Did you say that tequila is is not uh, what, what's up with tequila? I'm just curious. It's high. It's high. It's a higher vibrational than our manifestation. So it actually it raises our vibration for a, a brief period of time at the at the at the beginning of it, and then uh, towards the end it um, it starts to bring our vibration down. But almost all alcohols um, are low vibrational, and with with anything, I'm not I'm not. Um, saying that there's no place in the future for alcohol but it just like with anything um overuse can be um abuse you know very simply Uh, let me ask you something i want to step back slightly before we continue a little deeper into your book but um before you discovered ayahuasca and and during your military and maybe your late uh your your early adulthood were you interested in these kind of uh, what some people would call spiritual or esoteric paths, or did it all kind of just come to you? Not, not at all. 
not at all. You know, I was I was a red, white, and blue, you know, <laughs> you know, shotgun toting, flag toting American, you know, <laughs> like I was, you know, I was all, by all intents and purposes, I, I was going to be a career soldier, you know, and um, I had back surgery, um, I think in 2008 um, when I got back, I had back surgery. Um, yeah, and just kind of after my second deployment, it just uh, took a lot of so much stuff happened, you know, I don't want to get into what happened in, sure. in, in that deployment, but so much happened, you know, I went through a divorce, uh, while I was there, come home to an empty house, lost, lost a bunch of guys out of my unit. And, um, some of them I know pretty personally, you know, and seen a bunch of stuff that I, that, um, you know, will never, will never be out of my, my memory which um, I can accept that. And because getting back to what we talked about in the beginning of this podcast, you know, I come to a point of really honoring those moments because without those moments, without one of those moments in Iraq, without uh, being adopted uh, from birth, um, without any of those traumas, without one of those traumas, I may not have ever um, went to the ceremony. You know, and I not, might not have ever found my true path, and um, so it, it all it all lined up. Each each step, each each one of those uh, moments was a stepping stone to where I'm at right now, and I, I recognize that and I can honor that. Sure, sure. Um, so sorry to jump backwards there. Um, Go for it. No, it's all right. But well, that's that's. I was just basically interested to know if you are already kind of like looking at this path, or if it all just kind of made sense to you at one time. Not at um, all. Not not right at on. all. Yeah, it was. Uh, looking back on it now, you know, um, I've done I've done a ton of interviews, and um, people ask a lot of people ask me, you know, because um, I channel now. Um, I did. Uh, now I'm just. Now I'm just kind of an open voice, you know. I kind of I kind of realized the channeling was holding. If I'm a channel, then I'm only a channel at this, these moments. So I'm I come into a, a point where you know I just speak and um, I share from from a, a pure heart, and the information I'm sharing is is from source, you know, because it's from the collective, and it's as long as it's going in a good way and it's it's helping people that is coming from source, you know, and that's, that's basically what I'm doing now. But this all started off. I, I, I accidentally channeled Osiris, you know, I was in meditation and started channeling uh, Osiris, this uh, Egyptian God from, that's been dead thousands of years. And he, he lived for 3000 years and all this stuff. He's a, he was a star being, I got to see how he was born and all kinds of stuff. And, but this was just come out of the blue one day. I was in meditation, not with any medicine, not with any medicine, just with the sun. You know, I was just kind of meditating. Uh, we were driving, uh, coming from uh, California. Uh, I think coming back, from, going back to Colorado. My wife was driving, and the sun was in our faces in the morning. And yeah, this just started channeling out of the blue, and uh, my wife started recording it, and. This is what a two and a half hour channeling, and it went through all kinds of information. And um, I went back and listened to it afterwards, the recording, and a lot of it I didn't even didn't even know or remember. I was saying, or in um, 
I started looking up a bunch of information and it was verified that like this is stuff hard very things that I that I would have to know that this was a, a verified channeling of Osiris, you know, and um, yeah, then that opened up a, a can of worms, you know, I, I started channeling people at random, all the, you know, just out of nowhere. Then I, then I, then I re- got a, um, downloads on how to control it and how to bring it on when I wanted to, and when I didn't want, want it to. And then it just evolved into where I'm at now, where I'm just kind of speaking as, um, <clears throat> yeah, but I was channeling, um, Osiris, I channeled Archangel Michael, um, a Palladian collective from a, from a dimension, um, like a 12 Palladian collective. Um, I think that was about it. And I was in channel one day and, um, Drew was kind of to the point where he was like questioning all this stuff. You know, he was questioning what, where it was coming from. And he kind of asked, you know, what, Archangel Michael sounds a lot like Osiris and is like, uh, now you got it. You know, this is now you're going to be channeling source. And I started channeling source and then I haven't channeled anything else since, since I made, made that, that shift, Hmm. you know, but, um, yeah, my first, so on the back of my book was my very first channeling from source. And it says, I am the source of all creation. You are the creator through the power of manifestation. Step back into your power to facilitate the upcoming evolutionary shift. Very interesting. Um, who, uh, let me see how, how I should ask this question. I want to ask, like, who should read this book? But what I mean is, is this book like a memoir of your life and your experiences? Or is this book, uh, how would you describe your book? Like, who is it written for? Um, for everybody. You know, because this, this book, um, you know, by all intents and purposes, what I was told from the spirits, this book was going to be the book of the evolutionary shift. It was going to, what this book does, it goes into a lot of, because I've had visions, um, I've had visions of Jesus Christ uh, being Jesus Christ. I've had visions of Beethoven. I've had visions of Tesla. And um, what this book is going is supposed to do, it's supposed to really honor all these all these ways and all these rituals and spiritual practices and religions, but it's really supposed to break it down and, and let people understand that these religions, spiritual practices, if you understand that it's more of a language that's speaking one message. And if you can, if you can look, if you can just step back for a moment and look at it from uh, outside perspective and look at Buddhism, look at Christianity, look at Native American practices, look at, look at, um, you know, the, the religion of UFOs, you know, look at the religion of Catholicism and Vedism. Uh, they, they all speak the same thing. Uh, really, if, if you, if you really listen to the vibration and don't listen to the, the particular words, or titles that each thing has, it's all speaking about the same thing. It's all it's all a roadmap back to oneness. And mm-hmm. you know, this is this is where we're this is this is the moment where in in our existence we're about to we're about to go through biblical moments. You know, a lot of people read about these things and believe them that they happen, 
ton, millions and trillions of, you know, I mean, I shouldn't say trillions, but billions of people around the world read all these religious texts and totally agree, you know, that and believe that these things happen in these times. But you got to ask yourself, what what would it look like if it happened in our time? You know, would it happen? Would it look like a pandemic? Would it look like would it look like uh, all these things that uh, that's going on right now? And this is what we're going through in this moment. We're actually living through a, a prophetic uh, biblical times right now. What you're saying is reminding me right now of uh, Graham Hancock's book, Supernatural. Have you ha- by chance read his book, Supernatural? No, um, people um, recommend books to me all the time, but I'm until I get done writing the books that are coming through, I'm trying not to read too much about into things because I don't want to be swayed either way. Like uh, I, I want, I want what's coming through to be pure and not not adulterated as possible. Any time, sure. any any time that we put into words anything that's coming through telepathically, it's gonna be washed down. So, so that's that's one thing I'm dealing with. But I've Man, there's there's all kinds of things out there that talk about the same thing, and that's that's only more solidifying what I'm talking about. You know, people say, yeah. oh, you got you got to read the four agreements, you got to read the law of one. Yeah, it's talking about this, but this, if you read my book, this my book is put in the most. I asked for the information to be translate to allow me to translate this information in the most basic way possible without using metaphors or any as without use with without least amount of metaphors as possible is basically what i'm trying to sure. get at like with the least wanna, with the less amount of guesswork for the reader. right because yeah. i don't you know one thing was told to me that um you carry this message come back you you're going to carry this message in physical form go down and do that but do not become a deity you know you're if you become a deity, you're going to circumvent everything that 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 work that is being worked on right now. The the and this is the message of it is the deities inside each and every one of us, and we have to find it. You know, mm-hmm. we we can't we can't look at ayahuasca as a deity. We can we can honor ayahuasca, but we ultimately have to honor ourselves as a deity itself, and still be one, and still be and still. Um, allow our ego to be separate you know we have to find that balance you know the ego and the spiritual side we have to find that balance and walk in the center of that you know that's why the the red road like uh, native american we talk about red road you talk you know on one side of the red road is black and other side of the red road is white and you're walking down a red road in the middle and sometimes you might veer off one way or the other but the more you walk on that path, the more you find your balance and and get and stay in the middle of it. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I think that's important. I think that's hard to do. You know, that's hard for me to do. Uh, <laughs> and I've been think I've been thinking about that lately, man. I was like, you know, I've been in a relationship here recently, even today. That's kind of pushed. That's that's been pushing my limits as far as like, you know, the things that ayahuasca taught me, the things that my psychedelic experiences have taught me, which is to surrender, to forgive, to forgive yourself, to let go, to move on, things like that. And uh, this relationship is really challenging me in a lot of those ways. And I was just thinking that today I was like, damn, dude, it's about time for you to probably go back to the jungle because you can, I can logically remember these lessons 
but it's like they're not being enacted in my life in the way that I want them anymore. Um, and I know that that's not the responsibility of any of any plant or substance to get me to behave properly, especially now that I'm aware, you know, uh, sure. before before ayahuasca, it was like I didn't even know, you know, I just didn't I just wasn't aware of these things that were inside me. I, I thought I understood the problem and I actually went to ayahuasca like that. Like I, I know my problem. This is what I need help with. And so as the ceremony begins and we start to get into it, it's like, okay, this is what you brought me, but let me show you the next level down and the next level down, <laughs> yeah. the next level down. Where and so then from? I'm, yeah, then I'm like at the <laughs> bottom of this like cauldron and it's like, this is the bedrock. The bedrock of this is that you don't really love and accept yourself. And it's that you don't know how. It's not that, you know, it's really not even your fault. You just don't, you aren't aware of how to do it. And uh, she showed me several things during that during that experience of like she let me feel like the way that basically this is the best way I can put it. She let me feel the love that like all mothers throughout all of time uh, together feel for their child, like this extreme, unconditional, like massive love that all mothers have for their children. And she was like, I want you to feel that about yourself. Like you're the mother and the child. So love yourself in that way. And so, you know, I remember that lesson and I'm like, yeah, man, I I, I feel like I've kind of gotten out of whack with those things and it's time to realign and and, into that way. And and I know it's a work. It's not like you, you know, like in my peyote ceremonies, the the roadman told us, look, uh, the peyote ceremony is really the practice for the prayer. The prayer is your life. Your pr- the prayer is what happens when you leave the teepee in the morning. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Well, I've been... uh, these, these ceremonies, they trick us into praying for ourselves. You know, like like if you said in an AC meeting, like a peyote meeting, you know that there's a point where you pray to water for a long time in the morning. You know, and it's, it's – it's almost to a point sometimes where you're like, oh my God, like, please stop this prayer. Like we, I just want to get out of the meeting, but you pray to the water, you pray to the water a lot, you know? And, um, I'm usually a doorman. So, um, I usually get time to pray with, pray for the water in the morning too. And, um, you know, I, I still go to these meetings even after this consciousness I'm in now, but a lot of times the, the roadman doesn't want me praying because like, when I pray to the water, you know, I let them know, like, we're praying to ourselves. And this is really, we're practicing to pray to ourselves. If if we're constant, if we're, if we don't never, if we never move past the idea that we're praying to that water and we're just going to charge that water up and drink it, we're not moving past the reason behind that prayer. The mm-hmm. reason behind that prayer, you pray to the water, charge it up, then you drink it. But after a while, you have to understand that you're 80% water. So that water that's in there. You know, it could be part of a manifestation of your child that's in that bucket right then. By some way, form or fashion, that water may be part of a manifestation that or a person that you might meet in the future might be in that bucket right there. Might be part of the 80 percent of that of that makeup of that manifestation of that body. You don't know. Or it could be could be one of your ancestors in there. But really, if if there's no separation, that water is you. So these ceremonies are tricking us into praying for ourselves. But mm-hmm. well, I was going through this process and going through it for a couple of years and, um, you know, serving the medicine and traveling around the country and, 
you know, lots of times uh, doing, you know, never turn, never, I've never turned anyone away from the ceremony for, for money's sake, you know, if someone showed up and couldn't afford it, you know, they sat and we figured it out later or whatever, you know, at the, I never let money get in, in front of the, the ceremony, you know, and one time I was in, in meditation, um, without medicine and I was just talking to the spirits and I was just like, you know, I've given up a lot. I've sacrificed a lot. You know, I honor the the whole spirit world and all the creation. And, you know, what is holding me back? You know, what is holding me back from moving forward? And uh, the spirits told me I wasn't honoring all creation. So what do you mean? You know, I'm sun dancing. I'm, you know, I'm on this. We've been on this path full time medicine people for over going on three years now, I think, and we're part-time before that, you know, and really jumping off the cliff into full-time medicine work. We've been doing it for a couple of years and, you know, talking to the spirits, I'm asking what, what, what's going on? What is, what's holding me back? You're not honoring creation. It took me a while to figure out what I was missing, but I was missing a huge part of it. I was missing the vehicle, you know, I was missing the, the, the face of, this message and all this, all this other stuff. And I had to honor myself like that. I had, I had to, I had to honor myself like I was honoring everything around me. And once, once I did that, Oh my God, like (laughs) it's a whole, whole nother, whole nother platform of lessons that cause it never stops. You know, if, if anybody's listening (laughs) thinks that there's, Oh, this guy sounds like he might be at the end of it. No, I'm just on the path somewhere. You know, yeah. I'm just on a different part of the path than you. And it's the same. It's the same level. No higher or lower. It's just a different yeah. part of it. But trust me, the path never stops. It just it never stops. <laughs> yeah. Every time you think it is, it just gets weirder. You know, that's one that's one thing that's been showed to me through all my psychedelic uh, experiences is that, look, man, if you and, and and sometimes it's more intensely and sometimes it's it's in different ways that I'm shown this. But it, it's almost comes up in every psychedelic experience I've ever had is that, look, man, if you can't if you're incapable of loving and honoring and forgiving yourself, how do you think you're going to be capable of doing that for other people like you know, if if we're utilizing the model that you laid out earlier, that we are all reflections of ourselves, then, you know, I'm not even the reflection. I I'm looking right at myself in the eyes. You know, and it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. if you if you can't give yourself that grace, more than likely you're not going to be able to offer that to other people. And uh, you know, that's something that's been a constant struggle in my life. And yeah, I would be willing to assume most people have have a, yeah. a problem with that. Well, that's you know that that's a big part of why, um, and really where I'm at in my in my path at this point, I'm starting. I'm more identifying with my spirit much more than Drew. So sometimes I may speak um, separate from Drew, but um, one thing I recognize about Drew's manifestation and why he's here and his whole storyline is to show people that this guy that did that went to Iraq, you know, I'd by no means like a GI Joe, you know, I didn't, I didn't earn no big medals or anything. I don't, I don't, I don't claim any of that stuff, but that, that time in Iraq, if it's just show people that, um, that guy that did that can still come back and write this book 
and bring and bring forward this message, I understand that's part of the picture of this whole message, you know, mm-hmm. for and it's meant not only for myself but other people, you know. Sure. And um, I survived Iraq. I survived suicide. I survived myself, you know, and I found um, eternal life. And you know, I'm I really. You know, I'm done with incarnations after this one. If I don't, if I choose so or not, you know, I've I've earned that right uh, in this lifetime, and that's all what what we're here to do. We're here to we're here to find ourselves. We're here to, and there's going to be most of us are going to find it in this lifetime that we're in right this moment. You know, um, and some of us are not, and that's that's okay. You know, because um, there's not there's really no time, so we're, we're there's no race to get anywhere. You know, yeah. a lot of a lot of us here um, doing podcasts and doing work right now, um, like heavy spiritual work. We're we've already done it. You know, we've we've done it several times in the past. And you know, I, I realized after a while, I wasn't I wasn't learning anything about plants. I was remembering stuff. Like I was remembering stuff of um, the very first Sundance I ever went to, I was, I was just going to go there. I got invited to one and I went there and I had a dream two months before going to this. I got invited to the Sundance, agreed to it. A couple months passed, about two months before the Sundance. I had a dream of myself dancing in the arbor. Um, in the Sundance, I spoke to one of the uh, elders there and they're like, well, it sounds like you're supposed to dance. So I danced, never seeing a Sundance before or anything. I walked, I just walked in and, and, and danced my very first Sundance and, um, you know, I got the message really quick that, you know, I knew about a, a lot of stuff about it and remembered a lot of stuff about it. My very first Sundance from, from past experiences. So one thing, um, uh, I didn't, I didn't talk about before, um, we, we skipped over the thing about manifestation that, that a lot, that almost everybody misses about how manifestation works almost everybody gets down to intention. They get down how to um, channel their energy or, or, or push it somewhere towards an idea. And they, they, they have their intention and they, they, they watch this intention for, you know, days and weeks and months. And then it turns into years as they're watching this intention. Then they, then the manifestation doesn't happen. Then, then they start to give up on the idea of manifestation. So it starts to become, starts to go back to the way it was before they had any idea of it. The one thing that they're missing is the act. They're, the manifestation is a balance between the spiritual and the physical. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's something that happens in the physical as a result of the balance in between the physical and the spiritual. So they're missing the act. They're missing the move forward with it. Um, and and lots of times it's just a step of moving forward with it, and then everything else falls into place, mm-hmm. almost almost like it was pre-designed. I, I went through this with this book, you know. I knew this book was here. I knew this book was ready to come through me whenever it was ready. I knew I couldn't write it because um, a lot of this book is channel text um, mm-hmm. that I sat down with. Um, a retired, a retired neuropsychologist, which who, who found me through a, one of these podcast interviews. She um, was listening to it and she had a remembrance from a dream that she had um, or a spiritual. No, she had a spiritual experience back when she was in her 20s. She's in her 70s now. She had a spiritual experience when she was in her 20s in India, said that she was going to meet someone 
during her lifetime and she was going to help write a book that was going to help humanity. She was listening to one of a podcast interview and contacted me and we put together this book together and she helped me put together this book. So she's wow. a reti- she's a retired neuropsychologist and um yeah, it's a uh, moving forward with this book. It, it's you know, we've we sat down and uh, from start to finish, I think it was 49 days that it took or 46 days or something like that that it took us from the day we started on it and to the, the day we published wow. and uh so yeah i, I self-published so that's why I, I try to i try to do a lot of um interviews to get it out there you know there's no there's no um advertising house that's helping me out on this it's all my advertising so um and just having faith, you, faith in the book absolutely um that's pretty crazy that that synchronicity <laughs> worked out like that man that's awesome yeah um why don't you tell listeners where they can find the book, where they can follow you, where can they access this information? Yeah, um, so you can go to Amazon, you find the book. I'm perfect and so are you. You can Google my name, Drew Banky. Last name is spelled B-A-N-K-E-Y. Um, you can check us out, um, our website of our church, Sacred Journeys Within is the name of our church. Um, we're here in Southern Colorado in the San Luis Valley, close to in between Taos and um, Pueblo, Colorado. We're in between Taos, New Mexico and Pueblo, Colorado, pretty much uh, directly in between if you draw a straight line. Um, Sacred Journeys Within, uh, J-O-U-R-N-I-E-S, Within. Jur- that's how Journeys is spelled. Are you going to put a link? Can you put oh, a yeah. link? in for the people um yeah and um yeah i usually do a pod i usually do an interview every couple of weeks i got another interview coming up with uh dave scott from space thought radio um next month we have uh our retreat um kicking off our ceremony season uh march 6th um which is fully booked out uh, already um sorry but we will be having more um coming up we're we're introducing we're starting to work with changa this year um a smokable form of ayahuasca that's another medicine that's came that's came into our um our realm um we're highly trained um me and my wife we we hold the space together in loving balance um we hold the altar together uh my wife ella she's a nurse um she has over 12 years of experience being an LPN nurse. So she does our medical intakes. We go through um, medical screenings, uh, small medical screenings, making sure we're trying to provide the safest, um, you know, facility available, um, what we can provide at this time. We also do, uh, we also have equine therapy. We have two horses. So um, that's in conjunction with ceremonies. So when we have uh, multiple day ceremonies, in our off days, we'll we'll do uh, interactions with the horses, and in those times, you can really see and um, you can really experience the, the telepathic abilities of horses in those moments. So that's why we use that's why we have the horses here. Um, yeah, we have five acres out here, um, off grid homestead in southern Colorado. We're totally on solar. Um, we're about to have a well this year. We haul our own water in right now, but. About to have a well. Um, we have at least one documentary that's coming up, and um, 
two other pretty really big projects in the work, uh, film projects for our church and everything this year. Um, April 22nd to 25th, I'll be, um, I'll be one of the speakers, the, the, the headline speakers at Zen Awakening Festival in, uh, Southern, Southern California. Um, and I don't have any other information than that, but it's, it's Zen, Zen, uh, Zen West Festival. If you, if you go to my, if you can look us up on Facebook page, also Sacred Journeys Within, you can go look us up on Facebook. Um, I will always post links to other uh, interviews I've did or upcoming events. Uh, we don't do a whole lot of traveling right now. We were doing a lot of traveling in Florida and Ohio and, and um, around all around the states doing ceremonies. Um, but now that we have the horses and everything, we're doing a lot more ceremonies here. But Zen, Zen Fest, we will be there. I will have books um, on hand. I will be doing a book signing there. And uh, I'll be teaching classes on uh, manifestation, how to tap back into our te- uh, telepathy and telekinesis um, at this event and speaking about my book. I'll be speaking about my second book coming out soon, which is uh, the title of that will be Son of the Sun. And that will be uh, directly um, explaining, going more in depth into our relationship to the sun and how we can tap into that energy, both both at night, uh, both during the day and at night, because we can use the moon um, at night to tap into that that sun's energy. So. Wow, dude! Sounds like you're a busy man. You got a lot on the plate, man. <laughs> yeah. That's good, dude. That's good. Staying busy. Um, fantastic yeah. man yes i will i'll link your social media i'll link to your book on amazon i'll link all that in the show notes uh this episode won't air for a couple weeks but uh, i'll reach out to you prior so that way you can promote and do your thing with it as well cool cool real, real quick i want to break down of why um you know why we're do, why we're in this moment in time okay so back um in 1800s there was a gentleman that that coined the phrase uh, 2020 vision, and that that was that was to that was a medical term to describe perfect vision, and that's that's when we started getting to into optics and and glasses and all that stuff. So from that point forward, that's that's when the collective decided that the year 2020 was going to be our year that um, there was going to be a lot of truths and a lot of clarity come out. So if everything is if everything is frequency and vibration, then everything that and we know on a personal on a personal fact that anything that we think about matches our outer and our inner matches our outer and there's no separation. That same thing is is true on the collective scale. So if we're think if all these years, generations have passed that we decided that 2020 and the vibrational um, the vibrational intuition or code that goes through you when you hear 2020 is clarity that's the first thing before the year 20 2019 and 2018 if someone said 2020 the first thing you're going to think of oh they're talking about perfect vision they you know they don't have to wear glasses they 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 have perfect vision but Mm -hmm. when the year 20 when the year 2020 came that vibrational code has been embedded generationally in our cells so every time that we wrote down 2020 in the year 2020, and any time that we said it, there was a vibrational code and a vibrational admittance that come off of your being, your manifestation of clarity, and that that went out into the that went out into the ether, 
And then the person beside you, they wrote down 20, they wrote a, a check or they wrote, they wrote something that said 2020 and that, that vibrational amendments come out. So it manifested clarity to happen in the year 2020. This is, this is, a, this is of design of our own manifestation, the year 2020, the year, this is why this is all happening. Yeah. So people ask me, what does year 2021 mean? Perfect clarity, year of oneness and welcome nice. to it. And welcome to it. <laughs> I'm happy to be here, man, because 2020 was a, was a wild ride, man. But uh, I'm happy to be here. It's, Dude, it's, I'm all, a- it's, all a matter of, it's all a matter of perception. So this book, I want to end it like this. Sure. I, I'm perfect and so are you. That, this is the truth of reality. Everything is in divine order. We hear that in ceremony all the time and we come out into the, into the physical and we lose it five minutes after being out back into the physical body after ceremony. We forget that. We have to understand that is the truth. Our perception is the only thing that says different. This is why Buddhist monks, this is why all the sages walk around with a smile on their face because they are looking from an a point of observing it happen instead of being a participant that thinking that something is going wrong or right at the moment. But really everything is we're living in heaven right now. If your perception is that if you're, if you, if you perceive 2020 for being a moment that was hell hellacious, then that, that's your moment. But for a lot of us, we deep down, we wanted to spend more time with our family. We wanted to be, we wanted not for me, I wanted to not travel so much deep down. You know, I wanted deep down, I wanted to be, have more roots mm-hmm. and I wanted more time to, to self-reflect. I needed time to write my book. I wrote my book in 2020. Miracle, miracles can happen if, if you perceive it as so. So it's all our perception. And I just want to leave it at that. And, right on, and, man. and blessings to you, brother, on your work. I honor Thanks, you, man. and it's time for us to lift each other up. You know, if I lift you up, I'm lifting myself up. You know, sure. and and we have and every every one of us has to realize that we're looking at another another part of ourselves, and how sure. we're treat how we're treating those around us is how we're looking at ourselves really. I totally agree with you, man. I think that's a great way to end it. Thanks a lot, Drew. I'm glad we finally got to get it together. I think we played tag for a little bit, but not too long, man. But it's been a pleasure talking to you. Hey, um, it's all divine order, brother. Hell yeah. Good to meet <laughs> yeah. you, dude. My honor. Blessings to you and your work. And yeah, let me know when the, this all go, is ready to uh, pop out there. And um, yeah, I am look forward to seeing you progress and seeing seeing where you're going with everything. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks a lot. Same to you, bro. I'll see you around. I will uh, be in touch, okay? All right, brother. Sounds good. Bye. Bye. Yo, and there it is. Uh, interview with Drew Banky. What an interesting dude. What a cool guy, man. Super happy. I love meeting these guys and, and gals. I love meeting these people, these uh, psychedelic and spiritual people. And, you know, Drew's just one of those guys who... Uh, it's a pleasure to talk to you, man. Pick his brain and hear hear uh, all the ideas and the things that he, uh, all the ways he's working in this medicine psychedelic world. Fascinating interview, Drew. Thank you so much. Would love to have you back on talking more in depth about the sun dancing thing. I think that's a very interesting concept as well. Something I'm not particularly familiar with, but would like to be. Um, yeah, man. Thank you so much. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed that. I don't see how you couldn't. A lot of good stuff crammed into there. A lot of uh, interesting, esoteric, 
Um, deep, profound knowledge dropped there by my boy Drew. Um, we're about to do our quote and let you go. Before we do that, right here at the end of the show, we'll remind you one more time. Uh, subscribe to the show on your podcatcher of choice. Drop us some stars. Leave us a review. Leave us some love. Follow us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, also, join us at patreon.com slash psychedelicast for only $3 a month. You can enter the void with us. Tons of extra content, exclusive early video drops. This episode in full-length video form is available there exclusively. So join us there, patreon.com slash psychedelicast. All of the, the links to find Drew's work and uh, projects are going to be listed in the show notes. Um, don't miss out on those. Check out his book on Amazon. You can get that for a, a very reasonable price. And uh, I hope you guys do do that, and I hope that you enjoy that. I'm sure that you will if you give it a shot. Let's do our quote and get the hell out of here. I'm going to leave you with a quote from a Native American figure, Chief White Eagle, Um This is part of what uh, Drew was talking about, something I'd like to learn more about. Apparently, there's some Native American bloodlines in my family. It's what I was always told. Uh, As to the veracity of that claim, I am unsure. I would love to do one of those, like, 23andMe's and find out if that's true or not. Um, But my grandma was, uh, her her homes were always full of um, Native American artwork and artifacts and, and various trappings related to the Native American culture. And she apparently was, I want to say, Cherokee, partial part Cherokee. Um, so I would love to see if that was just, you know, something that, that was said in our family or if that is actually true. I guess I'll uh, try to do some digging and find out. All that being said, I found this quote and I really like it. It kind of speaks to me personally right now. And uh, I think it's a, a fitting way to end this episode with, uh, with Drew. When you are in doubt, be still and wait. When doubt no longer exists for you, then go forward with courage. So long as mists envelop you, be still. Be still until the sunlight pours through and dispels the mists, as it surely will. Then act with courage. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us once again here at Psychedelicast. It's always my great pleasure. I appreciate you for joining us in the attempt to pry open the third eye. Until we meet again, take good care of yourselves. Bye-bye.